0: Hi, everyone. This is a special episode to celebrate 2 million downloads on the Portrait System podcast. I cannot thank you enough for tuning in every week to listen to this little old photography podcast. I would not be able to do it without you. It makes me unbelievably happy when you share how these interviews have affected you in a positive way, and your listening allows us to continue recording more and more episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you again. For this episode, we took questions from our portrait system members and the lovely Kara Marie is here with me to answer them. Kara Marie is wise beyond her years and she has so much experience and great advice to share. Okay, let's get started with this special 2 million download episode. Kara Marie, thank you for being my special guest on our celebratory episode to celebrate 2 million downloads.
1: Thank you. It's special indeed. Congratulations. That's huge.
0: Thank you. It is really kind of cool. It's like this little, you know, niche podcast. It's not like photography applies to everyone. So it's kind of cool.
1: It's super cool. You should be very proud, but I'm not surprised at all because it's a really excellent podcast.
0: Thank you. You've been on twice, and I always enjoy having you on, and people always love to hear what you have to say, which is why I was like, I'm going to have her as my special guest. So, so thank you. Yeah. All right. We have a ton of questions to get through, and kind of what we did is I, I went into our uh, members-only Facebook group and asked people to submit questions. Great. So we're just going to kind of go through, and you know, we, you and I might have the same responses, or maybe we have something different to share, but... We shall see how it goes. And you know, for for people who haven't listened to, you know, if if you're just like tuning in and this is the first episode you've listened to, make sure that you kind of go back and maybe read some of the titles and look at what resonates to you and listen to some of these full episodes. Because we have photographers from around the world who I've interviewed, I think we have close to 200 episodes now, I think. And gosh, it's everyone has a different story. And you know, shares different like golden nuggets about how they grew their business and what it was like for them just starting out versus where they're at now. Some people work, you know, a different full-time job and they're photographers. Some people are completely full-time, you know, there's just such a great variety, like some in small towns, some in big cities, some in different, you know, small countries. And so anyway, I just want to encourage people to make sure you listen to some of the full episodes as well. All right, let's do this. Our first question is, how do you market yourself in 2023 as a luxury photographer? And how do you get yourself in front of clients who value your services? So this is kind of a two-parter. So maybe we start at how do you market yourself in 2023 as a luxury photographer?
1: Yeah, I I wish I had a buzzer. As you were reading the question, I I wanted to buzz it and be like, I know. (laughs) I love it. Go for Um, it. Well, it doesn't matter what year it is. Um, to be mm-hmm. a luxury photographer, you need to... Stop thinking so much about, you know, you know, the flashy things and dial in on a luxury customer service experience. And what is luxury customer service really other than just really, really good customer service? It doesn't necessarily have to be dripping in diamonds. The best customer service is, you know, listening to your clients really, really well and really serving their needs, anticipating their needs and delivering on them before Uh, It even presents itself to you. This is my tried and true and over time, you will naturally, clients are going to be gravitating to you. And this luxury word, you know, people, I think people just use the word luxury because they mean, I want to be able to charge a whole lot of money, right? That's exactly um, what I was yes. thinking. Like, exactly. What is luxury, really? Like, what oh, does that luxury means I... client mean? Does this mean right. somebody that's a millionaire, a billionaire, or does this just mean somebody that's willing to invest what you would like to charge uh, for your photography services and what you are worthy of charge? Charging. So I guess even the, like, the second part of that is how to get yourself in front of clients who value your services. You have to value your services. You have to build up a business and a service that you are damn proud of. And that is going to market itself. Um, and then, of course, you know social media, blah blah blah. But really, if you're dialing in on that amazing customer service and really just making that your sole purpose and your sole job, your clients are going to do the marketing for you. Exactly. You know, we're personal portrait photographers. We can only take so much business, right? So, <laughs> let's say your you know your goal is ten clients a month. Well, if you're investing all of your time on chasing social media algorithms, I would venture to say that you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You might attract a couple of clients here and there, but if you focus all of your efforts on delivering that amazing customer service, then those clients are going to market for you. And, uh, you know, you don't have to be jumping up and down on on TikTok or whatever and pointing at things aimlessly and just crossing your fingers <laughs> and hoping it works. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: That's so true. That has really been the backbone of my business as well. I mean, of course, you have to have professional standard photos. I mean, that goes without saying. Like, you have to have a good portfolio for sure. You know, good in quotes because, I you know, there are some photographers who maybe aren't the best photographers in the world who do really, really well because of the customer service, the connection they build with their clients, you know, all the things that they provide with people or for people. Mm -hmm. And that really is, has been the backbone for me as well. Clients talk about not just the images, but, oh my gosh, she posed me the whole time. Mm -hmm. I got my hair and makeup done. I was so comfortable. Normally I hate having my photos taken, but she like made it so fun. These things are like music to my ears because I know it's going to spread like wildfire.
1: Exactly. That's exactly right. And you bring up a really good point about not, you know, uh, not being the best photographer in the world. And that's exactly how, you know, that's how we all start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we have to cling to the experience and how we're making people feel. And that should be standard throughout our entire career, even as our, our craft improves, which it better, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, I hear a lot from photographers like, I want to be, how do you charge, um, you know, I want to charge $10,000 a photo shoot. Okay. Prove it. Um, um, how? How are you going uh-huh. to do that? What are you going to do to earn that $10,000? I'm not saying you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. I'm saying, you know, you can't just pick a number and plop it down and not do anything to earn that. So um, ruthlessly chasing, of course, the improvement of your craft. and But even before that, yes, definitely taking really good care of your clients.
0: Just to for the second question, Where it says, how do you get yourself in front of clients who value your services? I mean, I wish that there was just, we had this special group of people who value and we could just find them all and get them in a room and tell them why they should book us. Like, it's just not how that works. Like, you could have someone who maybe isn't considered traditionally wealthy who really values Yes, what you you know and wants to spend the money on it because that's important to them, and then you could have someone who's a billionaire who's like, yeah, no, that's too expensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just continuing to put yourself out there, con- exactly what you said about providing good service, creating beautiful photos. Like I know it, uh, I know we're kind of like I know people want the magic bullet in this like super <laughs> simple. <laughs> way to do it, but it's not. It's a combination of all of these things that you have to continue to do over and over and over until you start to reap the rewards. And then you hardly even have to market. Like, exactly. I mean, so much of my business was referral-based that I didn't even have to do a whole lot after, exactly. you know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And it is, I mean, while it, you are juggling a whole, a, a whole bunch of things, and you said that, you know, there's no magic bullet. Well, I would actually argue there is, but not the way people think. You know, they want right. the, the one pill that they don't actually have to put the work in for. Exactly, <laughs> but, yes. But yes, yeah, that's you're it. right. I mean, it's that is, I mean, you can simplify it down to doing your damn best for each person. Yeah, but everything you yeah. said, I, I concur.
0: <laughs> all right, let's move on to another question. And, and this one, gosh, I feel like we all kind of go through this as, probably in every industry as you know, experts in our field or just having a certain career for a long time is how do you come back from slacking at your business because of burnout or depression or lack of confidence or something that occurs in your life to make you take a step back? How do you come
1: back from that? Whew, this is my topic. I'm actually (laughs) just in, I'm putting my finishing uh, touches on my presentation for the Graphy Castle Workshop, um, which will probably have already happened by the time this airs, but No, it won't. This is coming out June 12th. Oh, fantastic. Just in Mm -hmm. time. But my topic is essentially on building that confidence and recovering from burnout and then avoiding burnout. And the answer, <laughs> how do you come back from slacking your business because of burnout? Well, you have to get out of that burnout cycle. And it is not a, a simple solution. It's not just one thing that you do. It's not just deciding that you want to come back. But the good news is that there are a series of small things that you can do that are so simple and actually enjoyable that are going to start to dig you out of your rut. Because when you are, you know, burnout is a, it's the combination of mental and physical exhaustion. You are just absolutely spent and you lose, you lose faith in yourself to do your job. You lose drive, all of your motivation You stop paying attention to all of your accomplishments and the compliments and and the amazing client experiences, and you're just kind of a little bit dead inside. And my simple solutions to get out of that would be, you know, go outside, (laughs) Mm -hmm. eat a banana, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. go for a walk. You have to start taking care of yourself because what happens in that burnout cycle, you know, there's 12 different, 12 phases of burnout. And Oh my goodness! Once you get past like the second or third, and you're reading through these phases, you're like, oh my gosh, like that's me, that's me. Everybody, everybody that is a creative entrepreneur goes through these things, and the simple solutions are often the hardest for us to do once we're in the cycle. And those are, you know, taking care of yourself. You have to have some dedicated time off, 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 off. Not just totally. You know, you can't recover from burnout with a massage. You know, you can't recover from burnout with a relaxing day off. Um, as we all know, when we take a vacation, it takes us, you know, the first five, five-sixths of the vacation to actually get into vacation mode because you're still in your business. So um, exposing yourself to the environments around you outside, reading a book, going for a walk, exercising, nourishing your body, moving your body. And these are the simple things that if you get into the routine of these things, it is going to change the, you know, it's going to physiologically change you. I could not agree more. Yeah. And it's so we usually burnout. out our, our natural inclination is like, okay, we have to work harder. We have to work harder because I'm not accomplishing the things that I feel like I should be accomplishing. I'm not worthy of this business. But it, it, we have to go back to square one and go back to, you know, human nature. And burnout is this term that wasn't coined until the late 70s. Uh, it's a brand new thing. And why do you think that is? You know, what what was life like before then? Mm-hmm. So you ask yourself that question and see what you can do to get yourself back to that. Mm-hmm. Back to simplicity, back to family first, then food, <laughs> these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And and just building your self-value and your self-confidence. And then you can get back into business. But not before that. Yeah.
0: I always say, like, there's no shame In taking a break. And I know not Mm -hmm. everyone can do that financially, Mm -hmm. but. Well, you can't afford not to. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. If you don't, if you don't find a way to put boundaries up around the time that you're working, you know, to, like you said, nourish your brain, your body, you know, all of it, it's, you're, it's, you're done for. Mm I mean, you're going to end up hating your business. You're going to get sick. (sighs) It's just, it's not good. You've got to find a way to, to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Even in, in the, the confidence piece, it's, you know, whether I'm not sure if, if this person was referring to confidence in shooting or confidence mm-hmm. in business or whatever, but I find when I am like more nourished mentally and physically, yeah. my confidence, it kind of, you know, comes oh, back, cool. I guess.
1: It does. It improves itself. And confidence isn't, you know, there's a difference between, you know, uh, self-esteem and self-confidence. And Mm -hmm. the difference is self-esteem is based on externals. Self-esteem is based on comparison to others or external uh, environmental things. Uh, Self-confidence is measurable. It's based on your accomplishments and you essentially proving to yourself that you can do something. So, if you're lacking in confidence on you know your ability to complete a photo shoot to your your own standards, your own approval, you have to go back and revisit your work. And then if there's areas in particular that you're low in confidence, like your lighting, like your posing, it's not going to fix itself. You have to mm-hmm. teach yourself, you have to learn, you have to practice, you have to improve. But that's actually good news. I mean, that means that you not having confidence is not a permanent thing. And it's completely volitional. It's within your power to change.
0: Totally, Having that control, it's so empowering that we're the ones that we can can make the changes. And of course, there's the confidence workshop on the portrait system. You know, Sue's confidence uh, workshop. There's a self-value stuff on there. So that's always something to revisit if you haven't watched those videos. Because obviously, Sue is like the queen at teaching self-value and confidence.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. All right. Moving on. When building a portfolio, where do you find models when you've already exhausted your family and friends and acquaintances? Should you use social media? And if so, how do you go about uh, doing that?
1: Yeah. I mean, social media is a great tool. You know, it's a blessing and a curse. But, yeah, absolutely. You can do social media and what you can do to make it more, you know, fun. Uh, In interactive, because obviously she already has her audience, all the people that are her family and friends and acquaintances that are already following her. You can just plop in there, like, would you like to nominate someone to model for Mm da-da-da-da? Make it a nomination process. So because then they're going to drop a tag and drop a comment. That's also a great way to just expand your uh, social media market. Your audience there is, you know, use the followers that you already have to recommend people that might like to work with you. That would be the easiest possible way to expand on the models that you have to reference. And then, of course, I mean, if you were looking for, um, you, can, you can do the the thing where you just are walking around and you approach someone uh, if you have. I've a done that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I never used to do that, but I do that all the time now. And I've built up the confidence and, and the ability to actually walk up to someone and say, hey. <laughs> I know yep. this is weird, but I'm a photographer. Here's my work. I would love to photograph yep. you. Uh, so that's absolutely an option. But yeah, absolutely social media. Why not?
0: When I was building my maternity portfolio, I hadn't done very many shoots, and I really wanted to start ramping that up. And I posted in a local Facebook group in my town and just said, "Hey, I'm looking for pregnant women to photograph. Like anybody know of anyone?" And I had like a plethora of of people to choose from. So
1: perfect. Yes.
0: Yeah. Great idea. All right. Uh, next question. Okay. I know this is a hot topic. So how do you stand out with your images in an era of quickly moving AI technology? Is it even worth the hustle to start a photography business these days? I'm feeling not only like I'm competing with established photographers, but also with technology. This is a big one.
1: It is. And you know, it's a tricky topic and it's a a topic that is a buzz in the photography and really any creative industry right now. And I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm approaching it the way that I approach anything else. And, and my one liner here is there's always going to be something, you know, know, there's, there's always going to be something out there that is a threat. I just don't, I saw this really funny, um, uh, Instagram meme or quote or something that said, In order for AI to take our jobs, a client has to be able to articulate exactly what they want. So I'm pretty sure we're safe (laughs) (laughs) because you think about the explicit commands that need to be entered Uh, and granted it's a rapidly moving technology, but yeah, I think if our jobs were to take personal portraits of, you know, 400,000 people a year, yeah, maybe, maybe you know maybe maybe we should be worried about a robot taking over for us because we offer such a personal experience and it's based on feeling and it's based on connection i don't feel threatened by it i don't um, either yeah, I really don't. I mean, I do in the kind of the iRobot realm. <laughs> like, I don't. Want, mm-hmm. I'm actually a little bit afraid of uh, you know technology oh, like locking yeah, me in my house and not letting me out. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. But um, as far as its threat to photography, yeah, I, I I just don't. As a personal portrait photographer, you know, a client has to hire me. But what I do think everyone needs to do is just stay prudent about you know what you believe to be true if you're just cruising through your Instagram and you're like oh my gosh she photographed Beyonce well did she actually or is it ai take a peek mm, you know mm-hmm. um so that is something that it, we should really be you know paying attention to is whether or not the thing that we're seeing online is actually a real life image or if it is a digital uh, creation yeah
0: and and i know you like like you said there's always something you know for example when iPhone photos started to get Mm
1: -hmm. really
0: great. And people are like, we're never going to make it because everyone's Mm -hmm. just going to use their iPhone and, you know, and we're still making it. And I know AI is a little bit different, but it's always something like, so the person had asked, you know, I'm competing with established photographers. Well, we all started in that way. Like I started in Seattle where there's a photographer on every single corner. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Like you can find your people. You can you know you only need a certain amount of clients per month and you can find them it's just continuing to go back to what we were talking about earlier is doing the work to put yourself out there to get that marketing going at the beginning to have a strong portfolio to be connecting and providing great service it always goes back to that ai cannot do
1: that no. it just can't And and to your point, and to think about all of the people, you know, all the photographers that are like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, no to AI. I'm, I'm really worried about AI." Well, imagine how many clients are out there that feel the same way. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. this it's not it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's
0: so true. Mm -hmm.
1: Such a great point.
0: Okay, so this next one it's it's a very specific question but I, I want to generalize it a little bit. So I'll read the question first. It says, "Could you talk to owning a business and going on maternity leave?" You know, I feel like it could be maternity leave, it could be if you broke an ankle, it could be if you have an illness, if you're burned out, if you need to go take par- care of an elderly parent. Like there are all these different reasons that we might need to take a break from our business. So I guess Let's just talk about it in general. And I know there are some, some specific questions about maternity leave. Like she said, okay, you know, do I let people know that I'm going on maternity leave and then come mm-hmm. come back after that? So, But let's start with the overall general, what do you do when you need to take some sort of leave of absence?
1: You take the damn leave of absence. Yeah. Uh, you can't, and, and this is something, you know, that I've been blessed to learn from the Italian lifestyle now living here that it's so funny how in most of like northern america i think we can simplify it to you have to pretend that you're not about to have a baby and then once you have the baby you're you have to pretend like you're not a mother <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you have to work like you're not a mom um yeah so you know i see her note here about going radio silent um in, in the first month and da, da. I, I don't i don't know why she it, it honestly feels like You're already apologizing for having a baby. Um, But yeah, a a plan is always important, clearly. Mm -hmm. And when there is no plan to be had, like you get injured or you have something sudden come up, you do what you have to do to take care of yourself and your family. And the business is something that you are going to come back to when you're ready to do it. Is that a luxury and a privilege? Yes. But like we were saying before with the burnout and, and taking care of yourself, you know, you can't afford not to uh, take care of yourself and your health needs and your family needs first.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, I think there is another side. Well, okay, two things. Financially, it is always good to have several months of the ability to pay your bills in your bank account. And if you don't, you have got to start a savings account for that. You never know what is going to happen. This is crucial. Even if it's a hundred bucks a month, just something you're putting away rainy days. So that Mm -hmm. yes, so that's number one. But number two, like I was someone who you know when I first had my son okay, first of all, you can plan on going, you know, oh, I'm going to work up until X day and then I'm going to not do shoots, whatever. Well, my son came, both my kids came early. Like my son came four weeks early and then spent three weeks in the NICU. And I was supposed to shoot a wedding the day after I gave birth Mm -hmm. to my son. Like Mm -hmm. your plan is not always going to go according to plan and it is what it is. So just remember that it might go according to plan, but it might not And the second part is, you know, like five or six weeks after I had my son, I was like itching to get out of the house and go do some shoots. So I was calling those clients that I had to reschedule. Like, I'm ready. You ready? They're like, yes, let's do this. You know, so I would do like one or two shoots a week to get myself because I wanted to, I wanted to get back into it. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get out there. So it just, it's all about who you are and what you feel at the time you need to do. If you need to get out of the house and go shoot, do it. If you need to stay home, Twenty
1: four seven with that baby, you do it. Yeah, but don't and also, but don't overcommit and don't commit ahead of time, especially totally. when it comes to having a baby. Because I think totally. you know, where my uh, studio manager in Austin is getting getting ready to go on maternity leave, and she's like, you know what? No, I'll be back after three weeks. And I was like, how about this? <laughs> how about we plan for like the full, you know, nine weeks, twelve weeks, whatever. And if you feel like coming back early, cool. You know, because mm-hmm. it, it, something like that, you, you don't want to get in over your head. So, uh, to your point about the, you know, saving, you absolutely as a business owner, you should be socking away as much as you can for that ready day fund, and making sure that if something does happen, or. If you would like to take a leave of absence or a summer off or a vacation, or you have to take care of an elder, you know, any, any number of things that it's not going to sink your business or sink your family financially. Right. But yeah, I, I think this, this very, um, mostly American, I can say that need to like get right back in there mm-hmm. is, is very, um, and just, just be careful. Just be careful is all I'm saying. Yep. I want people yep. to take yep. care totally. of themselves and, yeah. and be okay mentally uh, and physically, of course, before they jump right back into work. But I like, you know, she's saying that she's, she, she's planning and she has a plan, which I really like. Yeah. Um, I think that's really incredible of her and really smart of her. But yeah, the, the financial thing needs to be taken into consideration. And, um, but more importantly, you know, mental and physical health as well.
0: Yeah, agreed. And it's just kind of a logistical, from a logistical standpoint, because she had said, do I need to advertise? I'll be offline and that sort of thing. The way I kind of did it is, I mean, I was posting my pregnant, you know, I was pregnant, my belly was all over social media. Like I was like, I loved it, you know? So I think most people in my network and circle knew that i had had a baby or whatever, but If I did get an inquiry, I was just like, hey, I'll be available. And then two months out or three months out or whatever, would you like to book a shoot then? Like they didn't need to know. So, okay, for maternity leave, it's a little bit different. Like I'm on maternity leave or whatever. But if you have a personal situation that happened that you don't really want to talk about or you don't want to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going through some depression and burnout right now. So I'm not taking shoots. All you have to do is just say, I am booked up until, you know, September. But I can exactly. shoot you September twenty fourth. You don't need to give the details or anything. Just tell them you're booked out, and you know whatever you're comfortable with. So exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. You answered that question way better than I did. I was too emotional about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's Not hard, hard Cara Marie. Like I'm like I'm back to. I'm at, I'm just I'm back to such a good place mentally and physically right now than I have be- ever been since mm-hmm. I started my business in 2012 because I was the hustle I was the busy 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 you know I had two babies during that time and and you know I did oh, I did prioritize my time with my babies but the time that I wasn't I was like just I don't I, like I stopped reading books I stopped mm-hmm. just taking like leisure time for myself it was really bad you know and the last. Couple years, I'm like I love it. I'm juggling and balancing so well
1: so with amazing. just doing
0: what I love and taking care of myself. And like you said, it's always family first,
1: and it's a good that's place fantastic. to be. That's fantastic. Yeah, and and that's a it's a hard place to be as a creative business owner. Um, we get carried away with uh, with the work aspect of it. And then mm-hmm. little by little, you stop reading your books. You stop going for your walks. You, mm-hmm. you know, stop doing these things. So that's incredible that you're able to, to balance. And I, I wish that for every single business owner. Yeah. I wish I had started out that way. <laughs> well, no. I, you, you kind of have to crash and burn first, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Although I remember back then I loved what I did so much Same. that it didn't feel like work. You know, like I would be so excited about a shoot and editing. And I said this when I was teaching on the Portrait Master stage. And I remember my husband, Dan, was like, like, let's watch a movie. It was, you know, 9 at night. And I'm like, okay. And I still have my laptop open. And Mm -hmm. he has a movie on. And I'm like editing because I really love this shoot that I did. And he's like, "Babe, really? Can you just close the computer? And I'm like, oh, okay, just five more minutes, you know? And I mean, really? Like my husband's trying to spend some quality time with me that he freaking never got anymore because I was like so obsessed with what I did. But that added up, how many more, five more minutes did I have to give to him before he's like, all right, I don't even want to watch this movie with you anymore.
1: Like, right. I, you know, yes. it's, yeah. yeah. the balance so. the boundaries are extraordinarily important. Mm-hmm. You still have to set some rules for yourself. Um, that's one of the great things about, uh, I've noticed about the Italian lifestyle is that it, like, okay, this is the time that we take our break this is the time that we take our lunch. <laughs> when we leave work, work is at work. It's just period. Uh, I love and it. That is really interesting and fascinating to notice the differences and realize like all of the ways that I could have improved um, on, you know, setting the boundaries for myself and my business uh, along the way before I burned out. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, next one. So this person
0: says I'm a High school senior photographer, which I think we could probably relate this to all genres. Mm -hmm. I speak with potential clients all the time to get my name out there. How do you stay in their mind when they're ready to book? I'm constantly being told, oh, I forgot you take pictures. Or, oh, I went with someone else because I didn't know where to go. So how do you stay top of mind?
1: (sighs) This goes back to the service.
0: I know. It I knew really you were going to say that because I, I, I was I'm thinking really that answering too. The
1: same, like all of the same, all different questions with the same answer, but it really does. I forgot you take pictures. Okay. That's, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Maybe doing a little bit more to make sure that we're staying on top of people's minds, like regularly sharing, posting, mm-hmm. making it known. But honestly, it is, it really does just Go back to customer service and doing mm-hmm. your best job, because there's always going to be lots of other people that someone could go to for photography, especially high school senior photography. Totally, there, I mean, the, every genre is saturated with photographers, so it has really nothing to do with this person in particular. This is just, you know, do do your mm-hmm. best, stay mm-hmm. relevant in the way of improving your craft, improving your service. And working on your referral system, because if you're focusing on those things and you're getting all of those referrals in, then the one person that forgot that you take pictures isn't necessarily going to matter. You're not going to be banking on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Competition is one of those things that I always put in air quotes. Because if you're if you're really doing the work and you're focusing and you've got your nose to the grindstone and doing what you should be doing, you might not even know that somebody booked somebody else, or mm-hmm. you shouldn't really care, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I recently. Okay. So I have you know I have a couple free videos that I have out there. One of them is a free marketing video, and I recently did this Instagram reel kind of thing, and I just said, okay, if you you know are looking to book more clients comment more clients. I'm going to DM you this free video. So I got a ton of comments, you know? So I took the time for each person who commented more clients, I clicked on their profile and I'm like, oh my God. And I like love looking through people's work and I'm like, you know, whatever. So for each person, there were multiple people where I'd click on their profile. Either one, I didn't even, I couldn't even tell they were a photographer. Hmm. Two, some of them hadn't posted since like 2021. Like there were so many people who were not on their social media game. And now I'm not saying you have to spend all day, every day on social media because that's just, you just shouldn't. But if you can just at least, you know, every couple days or once a week until you're really well established and you don't have to do this anymore, get a system going where even if it's old work or, you know, a picture of you or a behind the scenes or a picture of any print wall prints that you sell, just something. Because maybe the people who, you know, you told them that you were a photographer and then they came to your Instagram and there was literally nothing there for the last two years. How are they supposed to know that you still take photos? They're just gonna move on to the next person. We have to have our best foot forward on our website, our social media, you know, Instagram or whatever you choose to partake in, because otherwise people they don't know. They can't read our minds. Sure.
1: I mean, if so. you disappear, <laughs> then yeah. it will be much harder to stay relevant. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And
0: and I know I'm kind of like being a little soapboxy about it, but I can't tell you when I'm going to hire someone, whether or not they're a photographer or whatever, I'm like, I'll like go to their social media. And if, if I don't see any, okay, I have a perfect example. And I feel like I might've said this on the podcast before, but I was looking for a new someone to do hair hair and makeup for my shoots. And when I someone told me my hair stylist was like, "Oh, you have to check out Courtney. She's amazing." So I click on Courtney's Instagram and she had not posted. I think it was since like 2021 or something like that. I'm like, "She actively does hair?" She's like, "Oh, yeah, she totally does. She's amazing." So I reached out and she's like, "I'd love to work with you." And now she's one of my you know, stylists. But if I had come across her her Instagram, I never would have reached out for to her because I had no idea she still did, mm-hmm. did work. Yeah. Yeah, so. Good point, yeah. Gosh, I feel like, you know, a lot of the, these, are all really great questions and I know a lot of it g- kind of goes back into our, a similar response from us. But, okay, so, you know, someone kind of wanted to know, you know, what an in-depth journey might look like for someone who's building their portfolio up to selling their first package. And I want to encourage you, again, to listen to, previous episodes if you haven't, because almost every person that I've interviewed goes through their in-depth journey of exactly how they did it. Mm -hmm. But Cara Marie, if you could just come up with like, I don't know, if you wanted to give people like two or three solid things, maybe aside from, we know that customer service is important. You know, we've, we've kind of talked about that, but is there anything else that you could think of?
1: You know, just to get people to selling their first
0: package. So
1: first of all, for someone to have not sold any genre of photography, it's important to kind of hone in on what kind, at least what style-ish of portraits that you want to start off with. There is room for evolution and change here. So this isn't, you're not committing to something forever, but it is really helpful when you're building a portfolio to have an idea of what you want to continue to do at this juncture. So as you're building a portfolio, think about creating, um, you know, tapping into a style that speaks to you. I think photographers have a really hard time finding their style. And this all boils down to photographers in their own self-growth journey and not really understanding themselves yet. So explore a sea of art, not just photography, but, you know, I I used to always look to like music videos and watch, you know, behind the scenes from concerts and, and filmmaking and things like that to get visual ideas and aesthetics and looking at genres of photography that weren't what I was necessarily going to be focusing on to get kind of an aesthetic style locked in and then creating portfolios with the intention of having a somewhat cohesive style, not all over the board. I think when photographers first start and they're building their portfolio, they want so badly and desperately to prove that they're like a jack of all trades. And this can make it really hard down the road for you to to kind of like narrow and find your market, right? So don't be afraid to to narrow your specialization out the gate and and know that you can change it. At any point, you really can, you can, you can start to pivot at any point, but when you're coming out the gate, it's really important to have, um, you know, be the person that does, you know, uh, maybe uh, tin type photography or, you know, something that's mm-hmm. relatively specialized, right? And then, as you're um, building your portfolio, you know, working with people as as models or you know trades, exchanging time for photography, etc. Uh, why not um, ask them for referrals as well, so that you have people that like the photos that you've just produced for this model or this acquaintance. And then they're going to be coming to you for the same style of work. So I like to use the referral package in uh, combination with uh, portfolio building. I think that's really important. Um, And then you can little by little start charging. And what you can do is say, and this is what I did. You know, I, I photographed, let's say, 50 people for free or just for my costs of goods, essentially." You don't have to do 50, but that's what I did because I wanted the experience. Remember, when I got into photography, I didn't know anything about photography. <laughs> so I literally started a business before I knew how to use my camera, which is insane, but that's what I did. <laughs> so I used 50 people as practice, and I asked them for referrals. And I eventually, after I had a good amount of practice in and I was ready to charge a, you know, a proportionate fee to my service and my uh, craft level at that time, I was able to tell the people that I just photographed, hey, listen, like, I've, I know I photographed you for free for my portfolio. I have to start charging. So if you could just not maybe mention that it was a free photo shoot, yeah. uh, I'm going to cut them a really good deal because they're your friend kind of thing. You know, so you just start incrementally and, and that way you're building your own confidence in your craft. You're getting your practice in with your experience. You're honing in on the style or what it is that you, want to be offering at this juncture. And then when you have all of those things in line, selling your first package is not going to be so hard for you. Yep, exactly.
0: I used um, gift gift vouchers for a long time for the session fee. So they came in spending nothing. They'd get their hair and makeup done and they did the shoot. Mm -hmm. If they loved the photos, they would buy them. And that worked 99% of the time. So there's, there's definitely ways to do it. It's just, moving forward and just deciding this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a lot of it as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, managing so. your expectations as well, mm-hmm. not expecting to be a brand new photographer that isn't really sure of which genre you want to go into, but you know that you want to make this amount of money and you know, you don't really know what you're doing. You, you have to, like I said earlier, like prove it, you know, if you, mm-hmm. if you want to charge, you know, $10,000 a photo shoot, you, your craft and your experience better add up to that. Um, Uh, So yeah, just being um, accepting of the journey and the incremental increase in your your rates because you're going to have a lot harder time being confident in selling your first package if you price it beyond what you think your value is right out the gate.
0: Awesome. That's great advice. Sweet. Well, thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. That was
1: fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: Hopefully we'll have uh, millions and millions more downloads and we can keep doing these fun
1: episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And to everyone out there listening, we cannot thank you enough. I I wouldn't be able to do this if you didn't listen. So we just are so, so, so grateful to have you as our audience. And, you know, as always, if you want to learn more about The Portrait System, you can go to theportraitsystem.com. And yeah, again, thank you for just, being awesome. And don't be afraid to, to leave a review for us on Apple podcasts. If you really like the, um, the podcast, cause that really helps us too. When we get positive reviews, when someone goes to look at it, like, I don't know, is this a good podcast or not? It's it, it helps to have those positive reviews and yeah. And, and also if the, the podcast has affected you in a positive way, feel free to send me a note. Let me know whether it's on Instagram or email, you know, it's always good for us to, to hear that too. So. All righty. Thank you. Well, we'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon, Kara Marie. Hopefully I'll see you in person soon. Will I see you at the Portrait Masters Conference? I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, hopefully. Hopefully I'll see you there. Travel hiccups from, from uh, yeah. abroad, but I hope so. I really hope so. Oh, I hope so too. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. And I will talk to you soon. All
1: right. Talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to subriceeducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like Posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.